and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Hey guys, and welcome to the Southern Charm Reunion mini-sode with TV My Husband Hates. How are you doing, Kat? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm faking it till I make it. <laughs> I just keep Excellent. saying I'm doing good and then eventually I am actually. You know what? I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? Sorry. <laughs> you know. I don't know. I feel like we started the last episode at such a downer about it being February, but now I'm feeling better because we've been chatting for an hour. So you know what? Now everything's fine. <laughs> I know. We're like <laughs> Got my ring light on. I feel like I'm getting a bit of a tan. I know, it's good. I mean, this is the only vitamin D I'm getting at the moment because it's so freaking cold, yeah. but we don't need to go down the weather chat again. No, um, no. I don't think anybody's up for that, but we are here to discuss the Southern Charm reunion. And I have to say... Holy shit. Two things. Firstly, thank you, Bravo, for making it a two-parter and not a three-parter. I, like, I just don't yes. have the energy for these three-part reunions. No. But also, this season of Southern Charm has possibly been one of the best seasons of reality TV I've seen in a long time. I 100% agree. It is the best pandemic season. Yeah. Like they've handled everything the right fucking way. It's pissed a lot of people off. Like Southern Charm has been very divisive trendable on social media, very divisive. Um, but I think that's where the world is right now. So I think if they, I think as a reality TV show, I'm glad all of this stuff is included, even within the characters' relationships themselves. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. One of the things that Bravo, uh, that Andy said, one of the guests, uh, I'll get it together in a minute. One of the viewers no sent something in that said, Southern Charm could easily be used as a historical account of early COVID. Now, I wouldn't necessarily go that far, but I think the point right. is made that they took this seriously like covid and yeah. george floyd were almost extra characters in this show and i really liked that and i felt that with the other shows it was like a token gesture a token mention right for both things and this show took it seriously and wove it in and made it all really relatable because we all had to have uncomfortable conversations with people and i really appreciated that yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think other than, like, obviously Atlanta, like, we see Portia taking the George Floyd Black Lives Matter movement really seriously. I think, really, that's it. Yeah. All the other shows, like, I mean, with OC, for sure, COVID was a joke, which I don't think any of us really took it to, like, the Kevy, Kelly Dodd level. And I don't buy denying, into... But I don't really buy into Bronwyn's performative no. kind of support. Like I don't either. I... I I don't want to because it's performative well and I don't want to bash anybody who turns up to a protest right. but who's somebody who turns up with a professional photographer I just wonder where their priorities are for sure um but for sure. what but we do know is they come in hot oh my god like this reunion and the shit going on on social media around this reunion has been fucking insane. Vile and vicious and nasty and crazy. And just nuts. Well, and out of left field, like we've got baseball players involved and 
Oh, We've got football yeah. players Other involved and <laughs> veteran reality stars popping up like, who is now apparently... I love the fact that Chris... I love the fact... This is what blows my mind. I love the fact that Kristen yeah. is now friends with Craig and Austin. And I just... You know when they're yeah. talking about how they're buddy-buddy with her? I just sat there yeah. and I was like, it all just feels a bit like you just want to have a really famous friend. Do you know what I mean? It's like... I'm friends with Kristen. It's like, mm, right. You know? Right. I mean, I don't know. Like it, it's all just fucking weird. Like ultimately, I mean, I guess we should, we should just get into this. Like, let's get into let's it. Let's just get into the Madison fucking Austin dumpster fire, which has been the season and definitely the reunion. I was, as you know, we always have, from the beginning of the season, we were Team Madison. Yeah. And then the last two or three episodes, we were just over her in the way that she was behaving. Right. But for me, in this reunion, I sort of... You went back. Yeah, I did, because I found that her behavior was more contextualized in this. Like, I don't think she's behaved brilliantly. I do think she is aggressive and she fights dirty, but I also think right. she lives in a really misogynistic, patriarchal society. And she is an incredibly strong woman with tons of masculine energy. And these boys are so fucking threatened by her. She has to fight for every inch of respect, success, in a way that they never had to do. And I was really pissed off that... Andy was like, Craig is the one who has really made a success out of himself and used this platform. And I just thought Madison sat there owning her own business, having a child, opening up a opening up a salon. Yeah. And there's no mention of that. And all right, she's only been on the show for a season, but it just is like, why all these double standards? Oh, the double standards in this fucking group of people are so hardcore. Like, just the sh- the shit that like Craig and Austin and Shep do on the fucking regular. Madison dabbled and like they're essentially calling her like the biggest prostitution whore of all time. Craig called her trash uh, more times than he I He kept can calling count. her a trash human. Trash can yeah, like, even it was at disgusting. some point. Just, yeah. just awful and I'm surprised that that was allowed to continue. Like, honestly, I know it's reality TV. Yeah, yeah. But Craig was, A, I think, really drunk. He was super fucking hammered. And I don't, I, he was sloppy. Yeah, he was, exactly, he like, was sloppy. Yeah. And the whole thing just no, really, the whole thing really upset me because, I mean, it didn't upset me. I wasn't like sat at home yeah, crying. Yeah. But it disappointed <laughs> me. Because it just made yeah. me think, you know what? I fell victim of kind of demonizing Madison. Right. And actually, I forgot that this is what happens time and time again, here, there, everywhere, but to especially women. in Charleston, to women, especially in somewhere like yeah. Charleston. And I really felt for her, and I thought she held her own with as much fucking grace as she could muster. And I'm back on team Madison. For sure. Cause I mean, so for those of you who have not gotten into the depths of like all of this thing, apparently Madison has been DMing with quite a few kind of famous ex sports dudes. One being possibly a rod 
um, who is the baseball player engaged to JLo. They're not married. They're just engaged. They've never had a wedding. Um, then quite possibly Jay Cutler, which is Kristen Cavallari's ex, as we all know. And there's a third one, which is Eric Decker, um, who is married to this country Western singer and used to be a football player. So these are the dudes, right? The only one that's married in that entire mix is A-Rod. Uh, Eric Decker. Oh, yes. No, A-Rod's not married. No, he's just... Eric Decker's the only one that's married. A-Rod's engaged. Jay Cutler and Kristen Cavallari, I think, are divorced or they're, yeah, they're divorced they're being worked through. For sure. So I don't understand how... I mean, I do understand, but what really pisses me off is like social media is on a fucking rampage against Madison when these dudes are messaging her too. Totally. And you, we you see, know what I'm saying? Like, but we see them laugh jovially about Shep being <clears throat> unfaithful to Taylor, who right. like has stuck right. around for a year. And really, like, it, it's not easy yeah. being Taylor in that relationship. Like, no. let's be clear. And for them to make light of him being unfaithful with another girl on the stairs, and also for him to do that, uh, those stories with the homeless guy saying nice cans. Yeah. And for that to be glossed over so quickly. Right. Just made me think, so hang on. Catherine does what she does and rightly gets, you know, pulled over the coals for it. Fine. I don't think what Shep did with the homeless guy is any better like i think that's as bad as no. what as what Catherine's done but Catherine gets the treatment on steroids right. that he gets and then the same with madison she's we don't know for sure anything about a rod we do know for sure she's been talking to jay but that's fine he's single she's single yeah. and well, yet there's she's a lot of stories coming about a rod that this is kind of his mo like he's been doing this to like blonde athletic blondes on instagram forever um, but yeah, nobody's coming after any of these dudes. No. At all. Not in this reunion, not in social media chat, nothing. It is all anti her, which is such fucking bullshit. She's a single woman who can do what the fuck she likes. And Austin, Austin needs, somebody needs to Ugh. fucking knock some sense into him. He is gaslighting to an, to a degree that is, again, I'm shocked that it was allowed to continue almost like, yeah. She was demonized. She was bullied. He has played the victim to the nth degree. And yet- I swear to God, he fake- Like, that crime was so fucking fake. A hundred percent. Like, come on, And also, stop going over when she calls. Like, stop it. Just don't engage. Right. Don't engage. Be a fucking grown-up. But he engages so that he can then say, she treats me really badly. And it's just- This is six of one, and t- t- when it comes to her and Austin, they're both as bad as each other. Yeah, for sure. But she's made out to be the slut. She's made out to be the manipulator. She's made out to be the trash, the demon, yeah. all she's of She's the evil the one. The monster. He's, right, he's just like this very innocent little dude who just can't do anything to protect himself. No, and she- Fuck off. I, it's just- You're the one that he had the- He's the one that had the threesome. Yeah. <laughs> while dating her the first time. Oh my God, I forgot like, about that. come on. <laughs> it was like all of last season. Was this like threesome that he had? And like, oh. Uh. But watching these fully grown men gang yeah. up and bully. And it props to Shep. I think he was a little involved, but I think yeah. he t- definitely took more distance. But to watch Austin and Craig 
just yeah. with impunity. Well, they were the worst. Name call yeah. and shout and scream at them. And I mean, it took Craig maybe 35 seconds into this reunion to start bringing oh. out A-Rod and the rumours and all of that stuff. Right. That he was here to right. do that. He came in and he just wanted to break her, hurt her, make her cry. And she yeah. just didn't. He just wants to destroy her. And it didn't work because she's way stronger than either two of those fuck nuts. So. But also, why is he whatever. so invested like, in destroying her? Like, what is it, Craig? Why does, I mean... So this is what's interesting, because I did a little, like, digging around, and apparently she used to date one of Craig's other friends, and it, like, ended and was fine, and, like, they've been friends actually longer than, like, she's been friends with Austin. I don't I don't know why Craig is so involved. I'm kind of like, Craig just needs to fucking live his life, be with your nice girlfriend, and be your pillow king, and just fucking do your shit. Get, like, why, why do you care so much to get this fucking wound up? Yeah. About your buddy Austin. And to go on TV and be so vile in the name of it. Uh, just, but also, let's talk about his girlfriend very briefly because you say his nice girlfriend. But I suspect well, there's sort of feelings that she might actually just be really thirsty. Oh, really? The, I The only thing I saw about his girlfriend was that she slept with Austin before. Well, I think there was discussion as well about the Craig. fact that she'd been on Love Connection and this this idea oh. of her like wanting to be on TV shows. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the same's been said about Madison too. True story. Also, about, like, am I Madison just falling back? Show. Am I just falling back into that? Let's just. Bash I mean, maybe. Women. I don't know. I think this. I think this is what's hard. It's like women definitely are looked at differently for being on these shows and doing these things than the dudes are. And this show in particular, I think the divide is very, very strong and the fucking issues are very one-sided. Yeah, I agree. Um, Danny was very quiet. Very quiet. She does not look well she, to me. She doesn't look well to me either. And I mean, I'm not trying to shame, like I'm not trying to do any body shaming or anything <laughs> no, like she that. Doesn't she look just well. doesn't. She, yeah, she looks, she looks sick to me. I'm a little worried. I am too. She looks drawn. She looks a bit gray. She didn't have yeah. any fighting. Like, she barely said a word the whole. There was no spunk. But also, Andy didn't really come to her either. It was like they were, it was weird. Yeah, I mean, this is my thing with Danny. Like, I never know, is Danny like a full-fledged member of this show? Or is she just like a long-standing ex-girlfriend and friend? It, because I feel like... The way they treat her at the reunions is that she's just kind of like a friend. So part of me is like, why is she even up there the entire time if, like, we're not going to get any yeah, I agree. opinions from her? It felt a bit like she was being protected. And I wonder if there is something wrong. I wonder if she just yeah. had to be there but wasn't going to be, you know, was sort of protected by everybody. Yeah, I read a really interesting thing about why Patricia and um, Whitney are never on the reunions. Oh, Why? Because Whit, so Whitney started the show. Yes, I know that. Yeah, like the show has been Whitney's creation, and part of <laughs> Patricia's agreement to be on it was that she would never have to sit through a reunion. <laughs> so, like, that's why <laughs> she was just like, "Well, I'll do it, but I'm not gonna go back and like talk about it. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna be on those reunion shows." Oh, bless her. So, like, they've just had that control from the beginning, which I thought was really interesting. Um. Well, where should we go next? Do you want should All we right, go on should we... to Leva or Cameron? Yeah, let's talk about Leva. 
Well, I mean, we can talk about that all together, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, okay. So, Lever. I really love, again, I think a little bit, Lever is kind of the Tiffany of this franchise. Yes. I think she's elevating. I think she's bringing something that we haven't seen, especially in this, which is a strong, independent, working, entrepreneurial woman and a woman of colour. Um, yeah. But... You were saying she's not been well-received on social media. No, the, the social media chat is that fairly, pretty much everybody hates Leva and wishes she wasn't on the show. And I feel it's because she's calling out some real fucking truths about people's unconscious biases and the fucking story of the South. Yes. And I think that makes people uncomfortable. And being from the South, I can just say, look, like we have to embrace... There's, there's a lot, been a lot of fucked up shit and just change what we can. Like, that's how you need to take it. Yeah. And I think... It's the only way to take it. I think it's really interesting for Lever when she expe- when she sort of discussed her experience on the series and said, look, I just felt like I wasn't being heard. And sh- I think she's absolutely right. Nobody wanted to hear what she was saying because it was confronting. And props yeah. to Catherine. Like I know, I know Catherine can get it wrong in the heat of the moment. Initially, she, that's when she's at her worst, when she's in the crossfire. For sure. But, and she owns that. But every time she figures it out and comes back and owns her shit and apologizes. And I don't think she, everything she said on this reunion was great, but I think right. she got it. And she recognized For the sure. need to give Lever that gift of apologizing and recognizing where she'd gone wrong. Even Austin did well, that. Well, and Leva. I think, yeah, and I think Leva opened her eyes. I yeah. mean, honestly, like I think what we saw in Catherine was just like the stages of like acceptance, right? Like or the stages of grief or whatever. Like some sort of ideal was dying. So like you, she got very defensive, and then she got angry, and then she got sad, and then like she. Ex- yeah. eventually came to it and was like, holy shit. Like you opened my eyes to a lot of stuff I didn't know. I need to be more aware. And I think for me, that's what the whole country just needs to do with the Black Lives Movement. Like work through your stages, get to your end point where you're like, holy shit, I, I need to do better. Yeah. And I can change from this point forward. Yeah, and I think that's you know? the thing that, like, that is difficult because – some people get that really quickly. Like, you know, some people yeah. are like, oh my God, I never thought about that. You're right. I can't, like, I understand my privilege and how I can use it and all the rest of it. And it takes some people longer because maybe the learning is more solid or the, like unlearning it is harder. And I think we have to be patient with people. Like we can't expect everybody to yeah. get on the same page all the time. It doesn't mean you can't challenge them on it. It doesn't mean that, you know, we can't pick them up when they're being racist or intolerant but yeah there has to be a level of patience and i think Catherine's a really good example of why and austin you know he right. gave lever what she needed which wasn't anything more than you know i get it and i didn't get it. i mean the fact that craig is shocked that lever has experienced racism in her life is just mind-blowing right. to me it's idiotic i mean let's be really frank like if you're not a white man, you've experienced some sort of isms, right? Yeah. Like you've experienced sexism, you've experienced racism, you've experienced classism, possibly. Like all of those things, unless you are a rich white man, you have encountered in your life. And I feel like everybody just needs to know that. Yeah. Like that's base knowledge. 
if you are anything but a white rich man, you have been fucking oppressed in some way to some extent. Somehow. For sure. And I think Craig not fucking knowing that is just part of his ridiculous persona, in my opinion. I, I don't have a lot of time for Craig after this reunion. He's really, he's become a trash human in my heart. He is. And that's the irony. He was the real trash human in this. Like sat there drunk, just throwing insults at women and and Pringle and questioning him on his kids. And oh my God. What like, gives I you the right? Jump, I wanted to jump in the TV and be like, if you have never been a parent, you need to shut the fuck up because you have no idea what you're talking about. And sometimes you have to make really hard fucking decisions because it's the right thing for you and your kids. And nobody else can fucking say shit about it. Oh, he made me so angry. Well, and he made Pringle angry. And we saw this flash yeah. in Pringle that was like, you come after me, but you come after my kids. And I thought, oh, like that was a real flash of like daddy tiger, yeah. daddy lion, daddy bear. I'll get there. You know what I mean? Whatever. Um, yeah. Daddy energy. He had, yes. beat, he, he really brought the big dick energy to the, uh, he really did so quietly as well, point. which is what's so sexy. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back to no, the I chat. I have a lot of time for Pringle. Yeah. Going yeah, back sorry. to the chat previously, I thought what Shep said was really interesting when he said, to lever, you know, but I didn't want to say anything because this is your fight. It's your place to say it. And it's just so dangerous for me to say anything. And it's like, this is the problem that everybody needs to get over. Like, yeah. And lever says it, they're not going to listen to my voice. My voice doesn't change it. Your voice changes right. it. And it's not your responsibility, but you have to decide how you use that power that you have. And Shep is yeah. doing this thing where he's too scared. Like, I've heard other guys talk about it in reference to the Me Too right. movement where they go, oh, my God, you can't even chat up a girl anymore because they just, you know, it's so dangerous and everybody just caught. And you just think... You can chat them up. You just can't rape them. Yeah. Like, and if they say... And if you chat <laughs> them up and they're not interested, then just go, oh, have a go lovely away. evening and walk away. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not that difficult. It really isn't it's that, not difficult. that difficult. And being an ally isn't that difficult once you get over no. your own fucking ego. Yeah. I mean, literally all people are asking for you to do is you not be racist and you call out racism when you see it. Yeah. That That's literally it. Because you can't tell the story. It, it hasn't happened to you. No. And You're I, not the voice of experience. And it's, it's so interesting. You know, Shep's, what, 42 now, 43, something like that. Yeah. He's older than we are. That's all I know. Yeah, that's all I know. But he... Thank God. <laughs> there are just some moments where he might as well be 14. I mean, Shep is so interesting to me because in some ways, I've seen a lot of growth Hugely. from him this year versus past years on this show. But then there are other times where you're just like, oh my God, like, come on. Yeah, I know. You just can't like believe that a 40 be. year old man is sat there saying the things he's saying or doing the things he's doing. No. And you know what I think- And I mean, I do, I give him a little credit because I do think he was really, like he is trying. And I think we'll eventually, maybe in 10 years, see a fully fledged man that is known as Shep Rose. But- I don't know. No, I mean, it's not, we're not going to see that man today. We are definitely seeing more no. of a developed, grown human than we did right at the beginning. But it's, he's still got a long way to go. Well, I think he, 
I almost wonder if like he's just like afraid to be real or like afraid to stand up for some things because it's going to go against his like bro, you know, the very masculine, very bro culture of South Carolina. Whereas I see like maybe sometimes he is a little bit more sensitive and like when he was standing up for Madison and, you know, when he could have stood up for Leva, like you just need to go with your gut and do those things and stop being such a baby about it. A hundred percent. Like you're the leader of the bro code. So fucking change it. Yeah. I mean, this whole bro code thing is just really upsetting anyway. This whole, it, it's just uh, a euphemism. I'm so glad I for, don't live in South Carolina. I know, but it's just a euphemism for <laughs> bullying and yeah. misogyny. And it's this, it's like locker room talk. There is no such thing. Like yeah. if you're not prepared to say no. it or it's not okay for you to say it in public and you know with men and women there then you don't get to say it in the locker room yeah yeah um let's touch on cameron as well because she came up yeah yeah so um she apparently pulled out of filming what like last minute as the season was commencing um but nobody really knows why no. She's not really talking to any of them. Catherine's very quick to say it had nothing to do with the rumors. But then I'm like, of course you're quick to say that because you were the one that kind of introduced the rumors on TV. But yeah, but I could, but I mean, like, she did pull out before that episode. Like, oh, she definitely, she pulled out before that episode. Yeah, but yeah. She may yeah. have known that these rumors were, were gathering pace or something. And either way, right. I think, why does it matter? Like, for sure. I mean, the way I look at it is I think Catherine, I think um, Cameron is a new mom. She's figuring, and she's just trying to figure out what her life looks like now. Being a mom, being a wife. She's just written a book. She's a real estate, she's a fairly successful real estate agent in South Carolina. I think she's just doing what, again, we've talked about numerous times. Like once you have kids, you kind of look at your life and you really need to prioritize where your energy is going. And her husband has never wanted to be on the show. So he never really was. So maybe it was an easy decision for her to make now. Like, you know what? We're just going to focus on like our family now and be normal people. Well, and I think having a kid changed her and it, it makes you reprioritize, but I think it also made her question, I guess, how much of a priority this show needed to be. And it got quite ugly towards the end of her last season. And I think she just didn't want to be associated with that anymore. And when you've got a young kid... I think that's fair. I I get that. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, it's sad to hear, though, that Lever and Cameron don't really talk. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much of that is, like, she just didn't possibly want to be chatting with her during filming. Like, she just really did not want to be associated in any with way. anything to do with it. And filming must have taken a while, because obviously they had to take a break during COVID. And, I mean, listen, this year's been really fucked up. So, <laughs> I think there are people I wish I could have talked more this year, and I just didn't, because we're all just fucking coping and trying to figure it out. I mean, this is also not Cameron's first reality TV show rodeo. Like, you know, she was on reality TV in the very beginning, um, kind of in the 90s. Like, she she knew where it was going to go. And I think maybe, yeah, she just called it. I mean, nobody's nobody's questioning why Chelsea isn't on the show. Or... Um, oh, the other one. Who was Craig's Kath- ex-girlfriend? Uh, no, who was the was one the that went out with Thomas Ravenel briefly? And she turned oh, out to yeah, be. Oh, no, she's not on the show. A real cowbag. She lives in South Carolina anymore. I don't remember what her name was. Um, 
And then Naomi is not on the show either, which was Craig's girlfriend before. And nobody brought them up at all about like, well, isn't it weird that they're not talking to any of these people? It's like, no, they're done with the show. Move on. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there was too much read into that where there's probably really nothing other than she just didn't want to be on the show She didn't want to do it anymore. She's got kids. She's tired. She's just really tired. (laughs) Yeah. Like rather than spend the time that I do have off performing in front of cameras, I might just have a bath and like take a nap. And a glass of wine on my nice patio with my cute neighbor dog. Yeah. I might just, you know, do a yoga session or whatever. Yeah. Just like let her be. Shall we move on to Catherine? Let's move on to Catherine. Is there anything more to say? I mean, I think there's certain context that came out around the discussion that Catherine had that was vaguely interesting. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because I think what's important is that Catherine learned her lesson and took accountability for what she said and did. Um, I do think it's interesting we do touch briefly on Caleb I hope that this is a good relationship. It is confirmed that he comes, his lineage, he comes from a lineage that was owned by Thomas Ravenel. Thomas is, I mean, that's. But they've changed the spelling of their last name. So they've added an extra L to like delineate it. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I mean, I, I hope that Catherine and Caleb are like a real thing because, you know, if he makes her happy and he treats her well, I think that's nice because fucking Thomas doesn't. I can't believe he's suing her for custody of the kids again. That man is just... Like, he's just a fucking animal. He he is vile and... Yeah. I just... The fact that Catherine wants to meet his new partner, but she he won't let her, and yet she yeah. has to send her kids off to be there like no way would i be okay sending my kids off to be with somebody who i'd never met before i mean especially a predator like thomas yeah let's just call a fucking spade a spade like thomas met Catherine when she was fucking 18 he's in his 40s he completely took advantage of her she didn't know fucking any better and now she's tied to him for the rest of her life with him fucking pulling the strings and it's so scary and so gross. And like, nobody's calling him out on it because he's a rich white man. No. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing it to multiple women, get, getting this other girl pregnant. Like, who knows? I just, I think he is a massive sex pest and he just buys his way out of it all the time. Yet none of these dudes are talking shit about Thomas. No, and I, I just don't see the attraction. Like, I get that he's rich. No, like I he's get that, I get that he's rich, <laughs> but he's not that rich. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, there are other rich men. And he's not hot. Who look better than he does and who don't have For these awful sure. rumors of being a sex pest going around. Like, he's about as ineligible as they come. Yeah. I just don't get it. He's the most undesirable man in South Carolina, in my opinion. And that's probably saying quite a bit. I mean, that somebody put a fucking billboard about him outside his house saying, (laughs) don't let this guy near your minors. I just am like, so we're just all going to fire. We're just all going to be okay with the fact that this guy's just allowed to go about his daily business. Yeah, Yeah. that's what. Okay, fine. It's it's. It's messed up. It's so messed up. He needs to be on a fucking And, and I feel like Catherine is like the poster child for that, right? Yeah. Like, 
this man will be doing this to her for the rest of her life. And I think a lot of her issues, I think a lot of her reactive issues and, and all of that, I think spring from her experience with Thomas Ravenel. Um, yeah. Because she was too fucking young. The trauma and control. She was yeah. too fucking young and nobody was there to well, support her. Well, and she's her. lost her mom and yeah, like nobody was looking out for her because again, he was he was a Ravenel. So like, you know, in her family, the Calhouns are like old money there too. So like, it's just this thing where like nobody, it, it reminds me a lot of like the Britney Spears documentary, which we're yeah. going to go and do another a mini-sode about that as well. But it's just like nobody is looking after these vulnerable women with these predatory rich people and they're being completely taken advantage of in fucking plain sight and nobody cares. A hundred percent. And and again, this is all part of a huge systemic problem that yeah. I don't know if we'll ever fully overturn it. Like it's, it breaks my heart when I see people in Craig's generation, yeah, being the way he's being, without any fear of repercussions. Um, and I just thank God, yeah. you know, how much further can we go? I mean, I, my hope. I mean, as a mom of two white boys, is my hope is that I am imbibing them to not be those people. And I feel like as as women who have young boys, that's our responsibility is to raise them not to be misogynistic fuckheads who terrorize everybody else. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel, you know, and mothers of girls, again, like we just keep them going, like make them not be cool with that type of behavior. A hundred percent. And I think that that's our responsibility. That's one thing that we also have to be aware of is that when we are teaching our kids these lessons, that um that they get they get to learn from our fucking mistakes i can't remember what i was watching the other day but it was it was something about um talking about how you were gonna screw up our own kids in some way shape or form because that's just naturally how it happens and somebody said yeah but i think that they'll be able to talk about it and they'll be able to bring it to us and i think that's the difference it's not about not making mistakes as a parent or not doing things wrong but creating an environment where kids feel safe talking to you about it. And well, and even just being open with them and talking yeah. about what's going on, like not trying to keep them in this like tiny, perfect bubble that doesn't fucking exist. Like that does way more damage, I think, than actually having the conversations about what's going on in the world and being open and, you know, admitting that we're making mistakes and, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but it's how you kind of come back from them and what you learn from them. And I think creating a generation of people who are open to talking, listening and learning is going to be huge. And I personally, I see like a downside of social media happening when that happens, because you can't have proper discourse on social media because people are dicks and, Social like selling. In, yeah, <laughs> in the cover of night where you can't be addicted to someone in the face. And I feel like, you know, hopefully we'll see maybe a reversal of that and some more face-to-face conversations happening. Yeah. Versus I mean, I find it fascinating that, that parents are scared to talk about race or they're scared to talk about sexism with their kids or they don't think that their kids are going to get it. And I think we really underestimate kids. But then, you know, we go hard in the stranger danger chat, you know, and that is a very scary yeah. chat to have with kids. Like, you know, you really right. have to manage that chat carefully to make sure you don't just scare the shit out of them. And I'm For like, sure. you know, we can have that difficult conversation 
But actually, right. if we just turn around and had a chat about the fact that the people are different colours and this is their experience and we have to do better, I think they'll get that. I know they'll get that. We do it with Billy all the time. She's the only white kid in a class. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like this is not. Yeah. This is a conversation. It's we have not all hard. The time. And it's. Um, Kids get racism. They don't understand why it happens. Like, they are definitely more evolved. Like, they're not demented by the rest of society yet. Like, when I talked, like, the other day, Tate was home the day of the, the inauguration. So he watched the entire thing with me. And we were talking about, like, this is amazing. It's the first time, like, a woman's been vice president in the United States. Isn't that cool? And he was like, well, that's stupid. Why couldn't women just be presidents before anyways? And it's like, exactly. Like, they get it. They're not jaded by everybody else's bullshit yet. So it's very easy to have those conversations because they'll just be like, oh, well, that's dumb. Why do people think that? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally. Like, they're very on the side of equality and respect and civility already. That's how they come out. It's us that fuck them all up. So just stop fucking them up. Well, also <laughs> they come out free, right? They come out like being able to just point at somebody and go they're brown and and it's like <laughs> well they are brown yeah like let's not i'm not going to shame her for that he or she is brown and you know billy was i remember billy saying that i'm she was the only recognizing when she was the only white kid in her class and i remember saying you know what though it's much easier for you being the only white kid in your class than it would be for somebody being the only brown kid in a white class or sure. a black kid in a white class. And she's like, it's not a problem at all. It's just interesting fact. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I, I, I didn't realize yeah. that this wasn't a big teaching moment. It's fine. <laughs> um, but, th but that's it. They don't have, we put, we put all this shit on them and actually they're smarter yeah. and way more resilient and in intuitive than we give them credit for. And way more adaptable. I remember people getting all up in arms about kids wearing masks. My kids don't give a shit about whether they have to wear masks or not. They just do. No, I donated it's, blood it's yesterday not a big deal for them. and Bo wanted to come and I said, oh baby, you can't. She went, mum, is it a mask thing? Because I'm fine with masks. I was like, oh baby, it's not, it's not a mask thing. It's just I wish that, it was that easy. I know, it's just that I don't really want to take you to a hospital if I don't have to. Um, right, right. But yeah, I mean, I think that this is going to continue to be a really interesting yeah. uh, franchise because it just has real soul and real substance that the other ones don't. Absolutely. No, I totally agree with you on that. Um it was a fire, fire reunion. I can't wait for the next season. I'm really glad we added it in this time because this has been the first time we've added it into the lineup. I would have really regretted us not having these chats. No, me too. It's been excellent. And uh, I can't wait for the next season. Yeah, who knows? Who knows who will be on there next? Who knows? All right. Well, that being said, um, I alluded to it earlier, but um, keep your eyes open on patreon we will be doing a episode where we discuss the documentary framing britney and all about kind of the woes um of britney spears and what led her there and how we as a society fucking aided and abetted the entire thing well and um, if you're so in that should be interesting if you're in the uk uh it's not currently available but it is currently available so what i'll do is i'll give reagan the link and we can pop it in the group Ooh. Or I can pop it in the group, but yeah, I never sure. go on Facebook because yeah. I'm scared that I go on there and just, I just get angry. It's so a crazy it's dumpster fire. Nobody should be on there. Um, is it on YouTube in the UK? Because somebody was saying it's on YouTube here. I will check. I didn't watch it on YouTube. I got a, a link. 
that I'm sure 100 percent is probably not legal, but it didn't screw right. up my computer, and it, I got to watch the whole thing fine. Excellent. Well, I'll also I'll have a look on YouTube, and if it is on there as well, we can put that up. So we'll Perfect. put up links for you to be able to listen and watch and follow along. If you're in the U.S., it's on Hulu. Um, so, you know, ask somebody to borrow their password so that you can watch it if you don't have it. Um, if you're a Verizon customer, you have it for free. So hop on that shit and take advantage of it. Get you. Yeah. That's the only reason I have it. That and Disney plus man, Verizon is pulling it out. Disney plus has been free for me for now going on year two of pandemic, which is fucking fantastic. (laughs) I mean, I, most of my money goes to TV channel subscriptions these days. Netflix for sure for sure. hey you now tv disney plus apple tv i've got them all i have got them all prime yeah. a- amazon prime anything and everything if it's on tv and i need to pay a subscription for it i'm fucking there because what the hell else for am sure. i gonna do so here's the thing that i realized because i just got a new phone and i'm sorry we're going into phone chat but because i got a new phone with verizon i got a year of apple tv plus for free I got another year of Disney Plus for free. I got Hulu Plus for free. I got Discovery Plus for free. ESPN Plus for free. So that knocks out a lot of like what we were going to have to pay for anyways. But Check you out. Can't be without. Just buy new phones from Verizon if you're in the US. And apparently they just hook you up every year. With that being said, we are going to let you go. So you guys remember. Smart people watch reality TV too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. Oh, 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 oh